We all face some silent struggle, but trust me, you are not alone. I'm your host, MJ, and every week we break down a challenge, success, or struggle with someone who's also been through it. We learn from lived experience and love to share tools, resources, and concepts that might help you get off the struggle bus. Interested? Subscribe for more. Let's get into it. We're back, folks, and we get to speak with Camille Cower, who I actually met at PodFest Global recently. She had a great session about how to podcast like an actor, really talking about how you mitigate burnout, because that could be a thing, especially when, you know, we're doing all the things for the podcast. All the things. (laughs) Thank you so much for being here. And I know you'll be dropping gems throughout this conversation. Well, thanks for having me first off. And I appreciate you being a guest and hanging out with me at PodFest as well. (laughs) We had a good time. For folks who don't know, PodFest Global is this conference for all the podcasters to learn how to be better podcasters and connect with people. And I don't know, maybe I found like the key to connecting with the speakers because Camille hosted a meetup. And I was the only one that showed up and I got to meet this wonderful woman who is not only a podcaster, she has her show, The E-Spot with Camille, and it's a podcast for leaders who are navigating entertainment, beauty, and the art industries, talking about what's new and what's next, dropping tips there. But she also hosted the podcast Moms Meetup, which is why I showed up because as a toddler pandemic mom, (laughs) I'm like, help. Mm. My heart goes out to you. (laughs) I can't even imagine. I was lucky I had a teenager. Well, she was a preteen, I guess, at that time. I didn't pick the best time for moms, I might say, because it was like right at dinner time. But I was like, ooh, since I got the whole week off, kind of, for PodFest, let me go try to have a mom's night out, hang out with moms, and just talk about how difficult it is to navigate all these different industries and still be a mom on top of all of it. It is hard for me to believe that you've been in the entertainment industry for 30 years. Like, no, (laughs) like what I'm seeing on the screen is no. (laughs) Okay, well, first off, I started as a teenager. (laughs) (laughs) And for full disclosure, I am 47. But I did start as a teenager. And I rounded to 30 because I was I was about 13. I think my first job. So yeah, but needless to say, it's prettier the 30 number, then 30, blah, 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 whatever. Your session at PodFest was so helpful mm-hmm. because burnout is a real thing, like just being a mom, right? Yes. But then adding to that, like podcasting, because I'm going to speak for myself here. I'm podcasting because it's providing me a creative outlet and mm-hmm. is the thing that I can control in right. a world where I can't control anything. <laughs> Exactly. Exactly. Like that was the reason I started my podcast or at first it was a radio segment because there wasn't a lot of entertainment going on. I wasn't working as much as I was used to. And it was just kind of like, ah, I need something to still talk in a creative space, talk to people who are also creatives just to feel that energy again, just to be around that. Because I kind of fuel off of that kind of creative buzz, so to speak, you know? And so I started the show as a radio segment. And then of course the pandemic hit and it hit right after I just won like the local best radio personality. So I was kind of on that wave of like, I can't just let this go. I was a stay at home mom for the most part. who was working as an actor. I didn't really have anything else going on. That was a consistent thing because 
with acting, I, I, I don't do like TV shows or film. I do mainly commercials. So that's like once every couple of weeks. It's like a three-day gig tops. I really thrive for something. Not only be able to give ins inspiration, but to get inspiration from other people. A publicist happened to call me and said, hey, do you happen to know any podcasts? Because they've canceled all in-studio interviews and I just helped her get her talent on extra TV. So I was like, well, let's see, or, you know, give me about two weeks. And two weeks later, I started the e-spot with Camille. But I did not realize <laughs> at that time, like how much that would require for me how much time commitment that was not only just booking the guests but editing and getting sponsors and just like a lot of stuff and you kind of had to learn your own way and that was like why podfest became almost a godsend to learn mm. all of that in one place and just really get your sea legs to know how to maneuver around this new medium and so on so that's yeah. what helped me and i thought after a while I was like determined to meet a certain number, whether it was like the analytics of it all or just I want to make it to 100 episodes and then see what goes from there and just not really putting in the time to notice and check in with myself if I was still doing my podcast the way I wanted to. Was I still reaching the people the way I wanted to? I would get to a point where I just felt like I was just taking on people, not even really knowing who they were, what they were about. And it just became too big of a machine for me to control at some point. And I had to scale back. I had to reevaluate things. And then of course, life got back open and it was like, how can I live a virtual life and also go out and touch grass every once in a while too? Like, you know, let me get some vitamin D because that was the other part. I was having all these health issues because I was indoors all the time. Oh yeah. So the burnout is real because you want to do your absolute best when you're putting something out there. There and there's a lot of like self-doubt that goes into that too. And I think when you have something like this, that's your baby, you want it to be always the best baby you can put out there. But sometimes you got to put out the kid that may not do the best, but hey, <laughs> <laughs> at least you raised it and tried your best. You know? <laughs> all of your babies will be A students, <laughs> you know? <laughs> that's what I'm trying to figure out. Because yeah. as I shared with you before, season one felt like I was almost forcing content because mm. I met my panel of guests at a conference and I knew them through this one thing, but it felt like it was forced to just talk about money content and finance content. Mm. You know, like I care about money and fixing yeah. my debt and finances and all of that, but my background's in communications and politics. And so I inherently, I'm just very curious about the person that's sitting in front of me and trying to figure out like, what got you here? What are those moments in your life that you decided, oh, I want to be an actor. Oh, let me try out this podcasting thing. And just how you shared the story about how the pandemic provided mm -hmm. this opportunity for you to create this podcast. But you're in season, what, six? You're about, you've wrapped up season six now? Yeah, I have one more episode and then I'm done because I have... Burnout is real. It hit me halfway through. <laughs> Even today, I noticed like, wait, I'm not taking my own advice because I, I like did not think how crazy March would be with women's history speaking events. And I was speaking almost every week somewhere or something, whether in person or virtually. And I was burnt out. Like, and I had some medical stuff that popped up too. So I was just like constantly advocating for myself I felt or advocating for certain voices for the different events I was working at that was just like, okay I'm tired <laughs> I don't want to answer any more questions I don't want to talk about myself at all ever again <laughs> like, I was just done and even today I realized I was like oh I think I missed an interview with someone but then I felt like wait 
they didn't really they didn't send in their bio so maybe it wasn't Mm. Uh, no, like maybe it wasn't a complete mistake. Maybe it was just both of us had kind of an oversight type of thing. And even this week I was supposed to have a guest and I was supposed to reach out to them on Monday. And it was like Wednesday when it hit me like, oh yeah, because I had all these other things going on that just kept me distracted away from my fun part of my life. When those things keep popping up, it's like, okay, either <laughs> I get myself together finish up my obligations and then get to do the thing. So that's what I'm doing. I'm finishing up my obligations. I'm trying really hard not to cancel next week's because you never know. I did have to reevaluate myself, go back into that, my affirmations, go back and read my journals from first season just to remind myself what happens when I don't <laughs> listen to my body too. Either I make the break or my body will force the break. So I'd rather I make that decision than it make it for me. <laughs> At some point, I've worked myself too hard. I've overextended myself and burnout has happened. And my body's like, nope, you're done. Like, yeah. just stop. <laughs> There's this whole hustle culture where you have to have multiple streams of income. You have to always be monetizing everything you enjoy. And sometimes you just do things for the fun of it. And for me, podcasting is now at a point where it's just for the fun of it. It's not my main moneymaker. It does help me make money because more people know that I'm out here as an actor but and a speaker and so on. But at the same time, I don't do it with the idea of it being something that I have to get sponsors for all of that. It's too much for me to do as one person. And I don't want to outsource a lot of things because it's time sensitive. If I outsource it and they take longer than I need, I'm going to lose my mind because I'm Capricorn. We don't do well with that. <laughs> you know, like we want things done when we want things done. In order for me to enjoy this and to love it, like I just do it my way. I don't follow all the rules. I listen to a lot of the different rules. I help other people do that for their business and for their podcast. But for my own, it's just for me, it's just I wanted it to be a clean way for me to share and speak with people without feeling like, oh, and now for my sponsors, you know, yeah. <laughs> it just felt so inauthentic to me too to have to listen to a story about an actor or someone sharing about eating disorders. And the next thing you know, that now there's a Lay's commercial, you know what I mean? Like it wouldn't fit. So I just, I was like, you know, leave that for other people. I know I get annoyed with ads or different things. For me, it's the fun. I make money the other ways. Like I have banners when I go to events and different things and sell logo spaces that way, or even just getting paid to speak at different events because of podcasts and having my website with all the different things, like other ways where I can even make money while I'm sleeping, but yeah. Not have to feel like I'm constantly, oh, I got to find a way to make money off of this. Oh, wait, I got to get a link to make sure they're, I get paid for everything I'm doing. No, I enjoy this product. I'm sharing it with you because I enjoy it. You know, like, I don't want to always feel like you're being sold to. Exactly. Like you want Instagram or TikTok or whatever. And now it's just like constantly influencers are like ads, 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 even if it's obvious. And it's like, yay, I just gave up all this personal information to be sold. Crap, I don't need. <laughs> by people who seem really fun mm -hmm. but they're not experts you know so whatever yeah that's the challenge that I've been coming up against too right mm -hmm. what is the point that I ask for help and release some creative control of this thing that like it's it hasn't quite figured out its sea legs yet you know mm -hmm. I'm still building out the voice of it and I know it's going to take some time to do that but I even tried out some editors that could potentially edit the podcast. Yeah. But then I realized that it was actually interrupting the flow of the podcast because I record like this 
And then I run it through the script and I edit so that I'm editing one big chunk of things so that I can cut it into little pieces for social. But yeah. if I bring in just an audio editor, it kind of interrupts the flow. Have you come up against that? Trying to see if that if you could delegate some of the podcast things out. And if you tried to delegate, how did you know you still needed the creative control? I never tried an editor because oh. their prices were always way out of my budget. And time frame too, because I was doing my shows pretty much. Originally, I was doing them live. Ooh. And so I wasn't really like to edit that, like, no, thank you. I just put it directly as is, basically. I might have put just an intro and outro, but that was pretty much all I did with it. Then after a while, I was kind of like, who wants to listen to all of that? Let me cut it up some. My seasons became a lot shorter for that reason. And then I was like, wait, what do I spend the most time on? It was the graphics, oh. really. Like making all of the graphics for it, the promotions for it. I attempted to outsource that and the poor guy was in the Philippines. So there was like a time difference as well. He was recommended through the company that I use my show through. I use Be Live TV to record my show, to edit my show, everything. Well, not completely edit it, but some of it. And so this was a person that was, he worked for them. So it was like, ooh, you know, I already know he does a great job and he understands Be Live's like all their dimensions, all their requirements and so on. So I was like, ooh, perfect. So I had him make my virtual backgrounds, my logos, the showgrams and so on. So it got to a point where it's like, oh my God, I did not know you would have this many people this like consistently, like how quickly the turnaround needed to be. And so yeah. finally he was just like, I'm just going to give you everything you need to do it yourself because I can't keep up. And it got to a point where even I was kind of like frustrated at the fact like I would be like, I would be done by now, but he had his own workload too. So it's like understanding that limitations on both sides, but I recommend him. He's amazing. I definitely would use him again, but yeah. I also understand that for as quickly and as frequently as I need things done, it's not always going to be a number one priority of somebody else if they have a whole workload. It made me actually take a step back and reassess like, what are the things that I can delegate? Mm -hmm. Is it just podcast related things that I can delegate? That's the part. Right? Like, <laughs> that's what I've done delegated you know, stuff in my house. Yes. Exactly. <laughs> I don't like to do. <laughs> Yay, teenager. I guess you got chores. Exactly. It's a holistic thing, right? And mm -hmm. I know you mentioned that you actually make more money outside of your podcast. Your mm -hmm. podcast is your creative baby. My agent, in a way. <laughs> It's like my demo reel. It's my sizzle reel, but you have 800 hours of me to watch if you want. Maybe not quite 800. That's kind of a lot. But, you know, there's a lot of different content I've been able to do, but not just that. Like you mentioned, I got to speak with a lot of different people and I had the opposite problem where people were telling me I needed to niche down. Like you're too broad. You're talking. Ooh. No. <laughs> Oprah didn't just talk to one type of person. Tamara Hall doesn't talk to Drew Barrymore. Like none of those talk shows talk to only one type of topic, only one type of person. And if they do, it's people with entertaining stories that have something to share. For me, it's in a space where I know the most in because I worked as a spa director. I was an esthetician. I worked in retail since I was like 19. Then first job being a clinic counter, whatever, you know, like I, that's my other industry that I love that I know a lot about art and design because I grew up artist kid I went to a lot of art festivals I took art history in college Ooh. like I'm obsessed with art I go to the museums all the time so it just felt like a way to help 
promote that industry because they're very introverted and they're not always so business savvy. So I felt like it was a great way to get more BIPOC artists recognized and speak with them, and especially women or women museum curators, because that's really rare too. And so I wanted that opportunity to speak to these women and give them that opportunity to talk about themselves. Although I may not have a huge following it's very niched. And these people, they say my name in places that help me get other jobs, speaking jobs, speaking events and so on. And that's what's been helping me. Or even with different acting gigs I've gotten and so on. It's like I get on the job and they already know who I am because they listen to my podcast. And so it just speaks already to my work ethic. They already know what they're getting. So it's helped me in that sense. And just helping bridge that community and being much like yourself, I'm very involved in politics here. So even with that, like helping to get the word out about different laws and different things that are happening in North Carolina to help people realize like, yeah, no, we need to vote in the small elections too, not just the presidential, because those are the ones that actually affect us. Like who's our DA, who's our judge, and then you can decide like important things about our reproductive rights, which matters, those kinds of things. So it's just getting, being able to just get the kind of wording out and even I think about my grandmother was in the color purple and she didn't have a speaking role. I can see her anytime I want because of that. And so I think of this podcast being a way that years from now, decades from now, great, great grandchildren from now, they can go on YouTube and they can see what their great, great grandmother was like, their great, great grandfather's like, because I interviewed them, you know, and they hear what was going on during this time, during the pandemic. Like, what was it really like for creatives? I spoke with a lot of them, all these different actors, models, directors, how they were staying busy during the pandemic. I have hundreds of interviews with these people that they can listen to. I don't know if you remember this as a kid where they would do these time capsules. Oh, yeah. I feel like it's a little time capsule I get to leave. So I'm excited about it. You know, it's not everything has to be about me. I have never thought about it in that way before. It is a time capsule in this moment, in this chapter of our lives. This is what we were talking about. Mm-hmm. And, huh, wow, that's, <laughs> I, I'm accepting that. Thank you. <laughs> Happy to give it out to you. <laughs> Baby podcaster over here. <laughs> Aren't we all? Because <laughs> they keep changing things. So you feel like you're always learning something new. <laughs> I know we were in a pandemic or kind of still are. I don't know. But the world's opening up. But with the world opening up, there's that chance to reconnect with people in person that I'm just so excited about. Mm -hmm. Because FinCon last September was the first time I was at a conference with people in the outside world. (laughs) Different, right? But the thing is, like, before the pandemic, I would be out at conferences and galas every other week. Mm-hmm. And like, I literally forgot how to talk to people. A lot of people have. A lot of people have. And that's one of the other good things about podcasting during this. Like, I didn't stop talking to people. <laughs> but it's weirder talking to people now. Like, oh, like how, like, how close am I supposed to be to you? Is it still six feet? I'll notice I'm talking to someone and I can't hear them. And I'll come in closer and they move back further. I'm like, oh, yeah, that's right. Like, I need sorry. To Sorry, I don't mean to invade your face space and so on, but you know, you're so used to being able to zoom in if you need to on your iPhone or whatever, but now you're like, oh. Yeah. yeah people have bodies. Who knew? <laughs> it's like there's oh, more to you. There's a bottom half of you. Well, you know, when people in our bodies, in our bodies. Did you see that? Do you know what I'm talking about? No. Oh, I'm sorry. Okay. Ariana Grande. Oh, <laughs> she oh. did a video about, you know. Yes. Yes. 
people with bodies. <laughs> and I'm like, now, oh yeah, she's got a point in a way. Like if you've been zooming for a while, you're like, oh yeah, people have a, a complete body, not just a little small head profile you're looking at all the time. Like your flow yeah. framework was really helpful at PodFest because I know it was in the context of podcasting, Mm-hmm. But it's so applicable to just a project or any like work that you're, yeah. you're doing because like in that moment, you want to find your center, you're limiting yeah. your distractions, you're owning your day and you're going in with a winning mindset. And sometimes mm-hmm. the win could be just you being okay or not mm-hmm. being burnt mm-hmm. out that day. Like that's the mm-hmm. win. Mm-hmm. Okay. I'm so glad you laid it out because I'm like, I'm still dyslexic. So even though <laughs> I'm like, oh, wait. Yeah, I am too mildly dyslexic and I'm like wait I did spell that <laughs> Yay! twin souls if you're ADHD I'm gonna think that we're twins <laughs> no, no no I'm not I, I, I don't know and if I am I, I haven't been <laughs> it hasn't well, been I wasn't diagnosed until my 40s so there's still time I think because I was I worked industries where I was always so busy I didn't notice it until I started having more downtime then I was like wait I've actually never checked it I definitely checked dyslexia. Like, how can mm. you be diagnosed dyslexic as an adult? Because there was a time in second grade where my maiden last name is Cruz. Mm-hmm. And there was like a three-week period in second grade that I was spelling it C-U-R-Z. Right? Mm. And I was sure that that was the right way to spell yeah. it. And yeah. my teacher was like, no. <laughs> but nobody just- <laughs> That should have been a dead giveaway, I, I would like, say. Yeah. Yeah. Funny enough, I ended up coding and like being in comms, like writing things. So maybe that's why I'm like extra focused. I always felt like I wouldn't be good at that because I was like, it was always so nervous that people would notice my misspellings or, but now there's so many autocorrect. There's so many things that kind of help with that because everybody's like, why don't you just use voice to text? Because I don't want to lose the skill set of typing words out myself. If I get too dependent on something else doing it for me, then I won't be able to spell anything when I have to write for myself, you know, because there's no squiggly red lines when I'm writing on paper. I wasn't diagnosed until I was in college and because I moved to America when I was like 12, 12, 13, somewhere around there. English It was my first language per se, but I wasn't educated in it first. I went to German kindergarten and so Uh, on. There was a a lot of disconnects there and I spoke four languages. So they just always assumed, oh, she's probably spelling it the British way because they add U's and all the other stuff where Americans don't. So it wasn't until I had an iPhone that I realized some of my misspellings, quote unquote, were of English words. So it was misspelled for American. Oh, it's so confusing because American English isn't a real English. But you know what I mean. Yes, I do. Like English, they spell things the right way and American English doesn't. So it's very confusing for us dyslexics who are raised the English and British way of spelling things and then to come here and everybody tell you you're spelling things wrong. And so you're like really insecure about spelling. That's why. Oh, my goodness. Well, I'm really appreciative that you decided to start your morning off with me. Well, I'm happy to be a part of your show. I can't wait to see how each season progresses. Excited for you, MJ. I really appreciate the support and just all the insights you've been able to share over our past conversations. So more to come. Absolutely. Anytime.